What's up guys, my name is Cameron, welcome back to another episode of the Red Devil Roundup. United, less than two days ago, dropped points against Everton in a one-all draw at home. Uh, at Old Trafford in the Premier League, and I was going to upload a video immediately after, I was going to record this immediately afterwards, and it I was furious. I was actually ropeable. I was outraged, I was disappointed, I'd pretty much gone through any possible emotion that you could imagine in a negative manner. I was just... I was, yeah, I was in a terrible headspace after that. Um, as most United fans, as far as I can tell, were. Um, for bad for my parents, I got them to watch with me. Um, my partner watched as well. And yeah, it was just disappointing. It was boring. It was dull. The lineup was weak. Um, once again, didn't look dangerous. Struggled to play against a deep block. Um, teams parked the bus. We can't break it down. And we aren't good enough. Manchester United are not good enough. I pretty much postponed this by almost 48 hours. So it wouldn't be around, but this is probably just going to end up being around anyway because there's a lot of things I'm going to try and get off my chest because I'm the more I think about it, the more annoyed I get. Um, but yeah, so anyway, um, I'm just going to get into it. And basically, we are not good enough. We Look, I would say we don't have a plan B because we only have a plan A, but we don't even have a plan A. Like, we don't have a developed style of play. We don't play tiki-taka. We're not a good counter-attacking team. Like, we were in previous seasons, and generally that is where we're most dangerous, but... That's not how we're playing these games. So to have a plan B, you need a plan A, but we don't even know what that style of play is. So we just don't really have any philosophy whatsoever. Um, we almost take it game by game and just kind of see where it goes. Whereas against, in case you hadn't noticed already, or in case Oli of all people hadn't noticed already, any team that isn't Liverpool, Chelsea, City, they seem to be just sitting, park the bus. They're playing a low block, they're sitting numbers on the edge of their box. The last five, six games I've watched, it's been... Five, six, seven, eight players just sitting on the edge of the penalty area trying to absorb pressure and beat us on the counter-attack. And why do they do that? Because it works. If you watch one Manchester United game and you're versing us the next week, you will know exactly how to beat us. Or if, if you don't beat us, you will actually go toe-to-toe -to -toe with us for 90 minutes, regardless. Um, like, that much, is it, it, that much is clear. Like, if you watch the game against anyone, I mean, Young Boys at the red card, but the Southampton game, the Wolves game, even Newcastle to an extent... Game against Everton, West Ham first time, West Ham second time, uh, Aston Villa. All of those games just sat deep, absorbed pressure. We had most of the ball. We kind of had more chances than they did, but they weren't clear-cut chances. We didn't look clinical going forward. We couldn't create clear-cut chances. And again, it's cost us. So, Ollie and United, they need to find a way to beat teams that park the bus. Klopp can do it. Guardiola can do it. Tuchel can do it. We need to find a way to do it. We have the squad depth to do it. Rotate. Try something different because what we're doing is not working. Um, and these are changes you need to make before it's too late because the season's well underway now. We're not, you know, one or two games in. Um, and look, we're fortunate that we've had such an easy run. So we've still gotten 14 out of 21 possible points in the opening, um, sorry, uh, seven games. But at the end of the day, like, you look at that table, everyone else that's right next to us, they have had such a tough run in. They've all versed each other. Uh, the top three, top four. We haven't burst any yet, and we are still currently fourth, a couple points off top, um, and our run only gets harder as opposed to everyone else is getting easier. So I think if we're not careful in the next six games, um, we're going to be probably scraping the barrel. We'll see. I think it's realistic that we'd actually see them kind of start to extend the lead again, like City did against with, with the rest of the league last season. Um, they kind of... It was neck and neck for the first third of the season, maybe almost halfway through, and then they kind of started to, you know, consistently get points, get wins, tough games, you know, whether it was a dominant performance or a 1-0, um, 
um, and they just extended their lead and eventually they ran away with it. And I think we'll see, we won't see one team run away with it this year. I think the, the teams that are looking strongest, obviously Chelsea City and Liverpool, I think they will kind of cluster with one another. Uh, you can see in the head-to-head games they've had already. Um, I watched City versus Liverpool this morning. Um, same thing, great game to watch, especially the second half. Free-flowing football, attacking football. Um, a lot of quality in both sides. And at the end of the day, the way they played against each other, if United played like that, we could thump teams like uh, Everton, for example. And not to mention, it was a weakened Everton side that we burst. It wasn't a... You know, they didn't bring their top... Calvert-Lewin was out, Richarlison was out. They were playing a half... Like, full, they weren't even playing a fully fit bloody Rondon up top. Um, Rondon, at the peak of his abilities, I think, honestly, just scrapes it as a Premier League player. And look, it's not like he played well, but at the end of the day, we should be dominating this team. We shouldn't be conceding goals. Um, anyway, yes, that's onto another thing. But yeah, essentially, look... We need to find a way to start performing at the top level. Oli needs to make some changes in terms of how we play, who we play, um, how he rotates the squad. Five changes from our previous game, and my word, I could not have... I was furious when I saw our lineup. I knew... I understood some of the changes. Look, I didn't mind seeing Cavani in the starting lineup. I think he deserves to play more. I think he deserves to start, and I think he's good enough. But again, McFred in the midfield every single game, and it's just... I don't even want to watch anymore. When the season first started, we had that Leeds game. And even after the Newcastle game when Ronaldo came in, like I was so excited to watch Manchester United every single game. And since that Newcastle game, I my excitement has just gone down a little bit week in, week out. And it's getting to the point where I give it a few more weeks and I reckon I'll be dreading game day. Because um, I get excited. I'm like, we've got a strong team. We're versing Everton. They've got a few players out. In theory, on paper, we should win this game. And we've got a two-week international break now. So United don't play not next weekend, the week after they've got Leicester. So it's essentially two weeks before they play for the club again. Why are you resting players? I understand there was a game two and a half days before, but there is a two-week, I guess, break to an extent. Some players won't play for the country. Some players will. But at the end of the day, like, why on earth are you resting so many players and taking so many gambles in the starting lineup when we can barely win a game? Um, so I thought he got that wrong completely. Um, so oh, I don't think the starting lineup was strong enough. I don't think it was even close. Um, we had De Gea in goals. We had Wan-Bissaka, Varane, Lindelof, and uh, Luke Shaw at left back. Uh, McFred in the midfield with Bruno at 10. Then Martial left wing, uh, Cavani striker, and Greenwood on the right. Martial scored. I don't know if it was the right decision in terms of the lineup. He didn't play brilliantly, but he did score, so I was happy for him in terms of that. But like looking at the lineup as a whole, my issue with that lineup, once again, I look at that midfield. Scott McTominay... I think he's a good player. I think he's a good box-to-box midfielder. I think he could be turned into a good defense midfielder, but him and Fred haven't worked well together for two years now. Um, literally since pre-COVID. That Man City game, when he's, McTominay scored from halfway, and it was like it felt like the last time fans would ever be inside the stadium because then COVID happened and the league got postponed, and then they started playing empty stadiums for a season and a half. I generally don't think since that performance we've seen McFred work, and why on earth Oli still persists with it is beyond me. Um, you've got Donny van der Beek, who we always talk about, week in, week out. Fans want to see him playing. He obviously wants to play. Um, still not playing. But if you're not going to play Donny, at least play Nemanja Matic. The guy is a natural-born defensive midfielder. He's a good defensive midfielder. He's a good ball player. He's experienced. He does his job. He doesn't push forward. Um, and he's intelligent. Fred's a headless chook, and I'm sick of watching this guy cost us goals week in, week out, and then play the next game with a big smile on his face. So... Look, yeah, lineup wasn't good enough. Uh, we don't create enough chances. And again, just this McFred thing. That goal, I'm looking at the goals we conceded. The first, I'm sorry, the goal we conceded. Fred got beaten twice. He kind of committed to the challenge, then he didn't. He kind of backed off, and it gave Gray the space to get away and get wide. 
Fred then commits to the challenge and gets absolutely bodied. Any other player in Manchester United squad would have taken him out. They either would have gotten goal side, goal side tucked in and sent him wide, or they would have wiped him off their feet. You saw Donny doing it in the cup game last week against West Ham or two weeks ago. A few times, 50-50, he just got stuck in. He sent him into the, you know, the advertising boards. He sent him off the pitch. Foul here or there, whatever. You do your job. Fred just committed to it. He got bodied. He got put on his backside, and then he couldn't catch up, and then we got absolutely done on the counter-attack um, by three players. I think it was what, Demarai, Gray, Ducouré, and Andros Townsend. He probably cost between what... Well, Ducouré cost a bit, but between what, Gray and Townsend, it was like, what, 2.5 million pounds. Um, not good enough. He, yeah, I don't know how you can persist with him after, persist with him after watching performances like these every single game. I'm so fed up with it. Every time I look up at the bloody lineup when it gets announced now before kickoff, I see Fred and I'm furious because you know exactly what's going to happen. And every United fan knows what's going to happen except for our manager, apparently. Um, so yeah, that goal, I just furious. And I think Shaw actually overcommitted, um, his press to tuck in and cover. I don't think he should have committed that heavily because I think there would have been coverage if he kind of just tucked in a little and it left the space for him to get in behind. But at the end of the day, the back four shouldn't have been kind of caught with his pants down like that. They shouldn't have been left um, completely open by the midfield. So it is what it is. Good finish by Townsend. That celebration put a really, really bad taste in my mouth. Um, not even going to talk about it, to be honest. Smartass, whatever. Um, he scored against United, scored the equaliser. We deserve to lose. So, or deserve to draw. But anyway, I think Oli needs to look at this midfield and make some serious changes. Play Donny, play Matic, start Pogba. You know what I mean? Like, if you play Matic, Pogba, and Bruno... I think we win that game. Especially if you've got Ronaldo up top as well somewhere. Or even Sancho. Um, and I guess look, one other thing I'm going to look at is people talking about Oli out. Does the manager need to go? At this point, I'm generally pretty supportive of the manager. I'm never someone that's vocally, he's got to go, it's time to go. You know, we need a replacement. Otherwise, it's, you know, the end of the world. But I am definitely not against him losing his job because him smiling, that stupid smile on his face in the 93rd minute when we are one all with Everton, cracking gags, I just, again, left... Horrible taste in my mouth. I was furious. I was so angry in my living room. Because um, I sure as hell wouldn't be smiling if I was him. I would have been so, 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 so pissed off with my team. And with myself. And with that performance. And I'd be looking straight away at what we can do to improve. Because it's just not good enough. Um, and one thing I'll say is to fans that are saying, Oh, you know, we've got to stick by the manager. Um, they're the same fans that... When fans when people come out and say Donny van der Beek should play. They're like, Oh, you shouldn't care about a player more than the team. It's about what's in the team's best interest. But in the same token, you'll sit there and you'll say, oh, we need to stand by the manager. But it's like, you're Ollie in because you obviously have some bias towards the manager, whatever. But it's like, everyone has their own opinion because they want what's in the best interest of the club. So at the end of the day, some people want to see Van der Beek play. I want to see Van der Beek play. Not because I like Donny. Not because I think he's the best player we have. I don't think he's a better player than Paul Pogba. But at the end of the day, what we have in our midfield just hasn't been working since week one. Try and change it up because he's the only player we've got that we haven't seemed to give minutes to. Him and somewhat Matic, who's had more than him, but just, I guess, still not enough to really prove himself because when he's played, he's looked good to me. Um, so, yeah, at the end of the day, the agenda is get him in and give him a chance because Fred and McTominay, I don't care what the managers see, are not good enough when they play together in that midfield. And the same thing goes with Oli. I don't want Oli out because I dislike him. He's a club legend. He scored the winning goal in the Champions League final. Last kick of the game. Like, I love the guy. And he'll always be a club legend. And everyone will always be grateful for what he's done because he has reintroduced stability. But we can't settle for just top four. We need to be competing for titles. And at the end of the day, that's my priority. So everyone that says, oh, you don't know what you've got till it's gone kind of thing. Like, no, you're right. But also, with the team that we've got and where we are, now that we've reintroduced that stability, 
We are one step away from competing for the biggest titles. So either he can help us get there or we'll find somebody that will. It's that simple. So look, my bias isn't with, you know, I hate Ollie. It's a matter of, I love United. I love this club and I want them to do well. Like I want the club to be earning what it deserves. And if he can't help us do that, then someone else is going to have to. That's just the nature of football. That's how it is. So anyway, I think it's plausible for this team to do well, especially with the players that we have at our disposal. Is it possible with Ollie? I hope so. The more I watch us play, the less I think it is. But if he could, I would love for him to turn it around and for me to support him when I'm in. But otherwise, yeah, it'll have to be a change. But I guess, look, those are my thoughts negatively on that game. Um, in terms of the players that underperformed just about everyone, there's only a few players I'll name now that I guess I'll finish with a few positives um, on this episode. But yeah, this has been more of a rant rather than a, I guess, in-depth look at the ins and outs of the game because it's just, yeah, I actually waited so it wouldn't be, but man, this... Oh, I'm fighting my demons over here. This is just frustrating. But anyway, the three positives I will look at from this game, because there were a few, although very limited, Jaden Sancho's cameo. He came off the bench and he was electrifying. He looked like the 73 million pound player that we signed from Dortmund. He was hungry. He had intent. He looked, you know, he got forward. He created chances. He linked up well with his teammates. Um, and he was beating players. like, And he looked comfortable. So... Full credit to him. I think his performance was definitely the most promising thing that came out of that game. Um, it put a smile on my face and I was really happy for him. It's a shame, he, you know, he had a good chance, a decent chance towards the end, which he, you know, kind of passed back to the keeper. I'm not going to be angry at him, whatever. It would have been nice if he could put that away or even put into a danger area. But look, his overall performance off the bench was actually really good. So really, really happy for Jaden Sancho. Martial's goal, not his performance, but his goal. Um, he has struggled for confidence and form in the last couple of years. Um, and... Yeah, it was good to see him get back on the score sheet. And nice finish, whilst assisted by Bruno Fernandes. So, yeah, credit where it's due. I think Martial did his job um, from the left wing on the weekend. So, as much as I was probably opposed to him starting that game ahead of others, like Sancho or Ronaldo, um, he took his chance when it fell to him. So, I'm actually happy for him that he scored that goal, and that is a positive. And third and final would be Victor Lindelof's performance. I think he stepped in Maguire's absence really well. The goals we've conceded have been through no fault of his own. Um, I look at our midfield. Um, I look at kind of the way Shaw came across for that goal. No fault of Victor Lindelof. He was solid. His distribution's always been second to none when it comes to a center half. Um, and I think him and Varane are actually looking quite comfortable together. And I think they play well off one, well off one another. With a bit of refining and maybe a midfield that actually knew how to defend, um, I think we'd be keeping clean sheets and I think they'd be a pivotal part in doing so. I think Lindelof and Varane would work very well together with a good midfield. If they had a player like Kante sitting in front of them, I, we would not be conceding goals right now. Obviously, that's all hypothetical because we can't just go and sign the best defense midfielder in the world. But uh, regardless, Van der Beek maybe, Matic, definitely Matic. Um, or even, you know, just find a, a healthy balance in our midfield and I think they're keeping clean sheets because they're doing very well together. Um, and defensively and in the air, Lindelof... Uh, has always struggled somewhat. Um, it's always been his biggest downfall when coming to the Premier League. He gets beaten in the air, sometimes gets taken on. Uh, I guess can be held accountable for goals that we concede. But the way he's playing at the moment with that back four next to him is really good. With a solid De Gea behind him, he's really confident. And again, was good when called upon. Nothing to do about that goal. Um, yeah, I think Lindelof could take that next step and actually be, or potentially a starting centre-half because he was demoted to third choice when we signed Varane who was going to be obviously next to the captain Maguire but in Harry's absence Victor Lindelof's been brilliant I think he was brilliant again on the weekend so I guess that is something that I couldn't be happier about regarding the weekend's game other than those three everything was negative I was I'm still angry thinking about it now um, yeah so look 
I guess those are my thoughts on the game. We've got international break next week. I'm not looking. I'm not going to do. I guess an episode predicting it, talking about it. I'll do another one next week once you know international break is done and dusted. I'll have a look at the results, who played well, and then I'll look forward to the Leicester game the following weekend. But otherwise, that's me all done for now. Thank you so much for listening, guys. I'm out.